Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Legs. This is episode 231. We are mainly a Paul McCartney solo podcast featuring just on the solo career of Paul McCartney, although lately there's been so much Beatles activity and news, we just had to jump in with some Now and Ned and Red and Blue, but uh, obviously we're, we're back on Paul today, and joining us today uh, is a very special co-host who we'll get to in one minute, but joining me today is my co-host and Two Legs co-founder, and that's Mr. Thomas Hunyadi. Hello, Tom. Hello, my friend, Andy. Good to be back, and uh, I got my wonderful Christmas time T-shirt in the in the mail <laughs> yesterday. So uh, happy, uh, happy to uh, be sporting this. And uh, go to PaulMcCartney.com. You find a bunch of new Christmas theme shirts and sweaters. <laughs> we are absolutely thrilled and honored today to have yes. uh, an icon in the New York radio industry uh, joining us for this episode. God, I'm so excited to have and uh, welcome Mr. Ken Dash out of Two Legs from Q1043. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Happy holidays. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Ken, I, I've been following your career. I'm, I'm 42 years old. I've been, I grew up listening to you. I don't go back to the NEW days because I was a little bit too young. Obviously, I just remember you more on Q. Uh, and obviously, going to the fests over the years, I've seen you, I've seen you moderate. And, uh, it's just an honor, and it's just so great to have you on. And uh, you know, you're still carrying on, you know, the the tradition and the legacy of the Beatles for everybody here in the New York area. Uh, for those watching, as you can see, the bass behind me in my music studio <laughs> here at home. Uh, you know, this is my studio, my music room, and you know, what can you say? These kids from Liverpool changed the world. They were more of a force than almost any other musical force you can think of i'm not it's not hyperbole when i say bach beethoven mozart gershwin beatles i mean mm. those are the those are the seismic changes in what happened in music in our world and my the thing i always share about rock and roll and i'll i will i'm too old to physically fight but i'll verbally fight anybody who disagrees <laughs> with me that the foundation of the house were the founding fathers were Chuck Berry and Little Richard and Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and Buddy Holly mm. and all those guys built the foundation. And the entire house of classic rock, of any rock, any rock at all, stands on two pillars, the Beatles and Bob Dylan. And every mm. room in that house, every band you love, is because of those two stat standing columns that hold the building up. That, that's a, that is a fantastic... I don't think I'll argue with you with that one. <laughs> no way, no, no way. <laughs> Ken, tell us a little bit about your background uh, as an early Beatle fan growing up in the New York area and your exposure to all this. Um, you know, people ask, it's so funny, Eddie, people ask, do you wish you were younger? Wouldn't you like to be younger? Like, well, I'm, I'm aging, but would I, have, would I like to have missed being a child and seeing the Beatles first time? to feel that rush, to feel your blood just like mm. through your body and go, what is this? To hear this screaming through the set and my entire family, my older uncle, everybody with a smile on their face, seeing this lightning bolt of energy coming through the screen. No, I'd never want to forget that memory. It changed the world. There was top 40 radio in New York City. There was WABC, who were the All-Americans, mm. and WMCA, the good guys. And it was a battle of who would get the Beatle interview and who would get this and that. The world was Beatles. And there was an energy that came to it that that's all that mattered. You know, and look, the Swifties have it now. And it's wonderful because by all accounts, Taylor Swift is a kind, super cares about the fans, has takes care of her crew and her her immediate family, you know, her working family just tremendously. She's beloved. She's not a screamer, yeller, you know, backstage. It's all about helping everybody she can. So I'm all for that. The music doesn't resonate with me the same, but I'm all for somebody who's a good person, like being the next sensation and, you know, giving kids like self-worth and being proud as opposed to mm. you know, go kill the next person you know and it's it's funny of course you would connect with paul mccartney of course she and paul would be friends you know like-minded people but the one thing and it's not my thing it's stevie van Zant's. the one thing is the beatles were the first band to evolve everybody else once right. you found something that's what you did until the world told you they were tired of it and you know right. the beatles own the world they're the mop tops and what right. do they do two years into this they fire the mop tops and then they just fire them. And now we become a different band in rubber soul and revolver. 
and now we fire that band and become a completely different psychedelic multicolor band of Sgt. Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. And everybody's wearing polka dots and sh stripes and, right. and things. And the next album comes out and they're in black and white and shirts and vests. Like, Not well, many I, bands can say they can do something like that either. You know, change it up a little bit and be as successful as they were with the previous album that was that was changed from the previous album. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, listen, I'd like to compare sometimes like, you know, Magical Mystery Tour. I mean, that flopped hard, right? But they were still able to carry on, be successful. Unlike where the Monkees, they did Head, which was, I think, the best thing they've ever done, but they weren't able to uh, they weren't able to get past that and, 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 you know, involved. They weren't given that opportunity. But the Beatles, they were able just to, if it didn't work, they just moved on to the next project and, and, and still be successful. Right. Magical Mystery Tour was a terrible movie and they were high and was obviously, but the music is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Everybody right. thought of it as a failure because of the, the, the video. That there's nothing to it. It's the it's the yeah. album that has hit after hit on it, and don't let what didn't work for the for the film right. of what it is affect how great the music is. Mm -hmm. Which I see, Andy, you've got now and then behind you. Been listening to Red and Blue, the remix of <laughs> "I Am the Walrus," the remix of of that stuff is absolutely incredible. What Giles yeah. did, he to me, he took a, a toothbrush and cleaned every single track. <laughs> he cleaned it and brushed it like the way I, I clean the bathroom and then my wife recleans the bathroom. Like that's it to her standards. That's what Giles Martin did. A toothbrush and a and a and a Q tip and cleaning every single inch. Yeah, I love it's it. uh, it, yeah, it's been it's been incredible to hear, and I think I'm actually I think I love what he did with I Am the Walrus. I think that's Me tremendous. Too. And by the way, mm. so I spent Thanksgiving holidays up in Rochester visiting dear friends, and they've got great record stores in Rochester, New Rochester, New York. A place called Hog House of Guitars. Armand, mm. he, they started with his brother when he was a teenager. Somebody was able to get him a violin bass, a Hofner bass. And he borrowed 500 bucks from his mom. Can you get more? And that launched his business as a teenager by selling Paul McCartney bases. You could, how could you lose? <laughs> um, but I, I said to him, Hey, uh, so the, you know, blue and red Beatles, you know, is it, is it selling? And when he stopped laughing, he said, listen, the greatest gift any record store owner ever has the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. I've got a new Rolling Stones album <laughs> and a Beatles album. And I go to open it on Black Friday is record store day up right. there. Yep. There are 900 people lined up outside my store at 9 a.m. And they're not, he goes, they're not people our age, meaning me and him. He goes, it's right. all folks, Andy and Tom, your age and younger to buy mm -hmm. these albums. And it's not for, you know, the one thing that drives me nuts, the, the trolls, the, I mean, just stupid trolls. Just another cash grab from yeah. Paul. Cash right. grab? Do you think his great-grandchildren could ever spend the unending river of money that will flow through the world called MPL Productions and McCartney? Right. Like, well, he's got to sell a tour. You know, he's on tour. You know, Paul McCartney sells tickets on his tour. He announces his story. Mm -hmm. Hi, right. Melbourne. I'm playing in Melbourne. Okay, could you play for a month? No. Three weeks? No. Two weeks? Could you have one day? One day. Okay. Well, hey, Rio, I'm coming. <laughs> Quarter of a million tickets sold. Uh, I mean, you right. don't need to do anything. They no. don't doesn't need anything. This is this was a gift. This is a gift that he gave to us. And you don't Everything have to buy a cash it or grab. go to it. You, you don't have to. <laughs> if right. you don't want it, you don't have to buy it. That cash grab, I, I agree with you, Ken. That well, you know, those people, people that. that wear the Air Jordans every year, they get the Air Jordans every year. Right. That's a cash grab, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's a cash grab. And <laughs> the thing I always point out about iHeartMedia, you know, it's the biggest audio company in the world, fourth biggest media company. And, yeah, it's a big company, and they need to make a lot of money because they have 800 radio stations. When Now and Then came up, we played that on virtually every music station. We have 850, I think, 800 stations at 10 a.m. Thursday when it was released. We did a national rollout and played now and then on on the top 40 formats, on the adult contemporary formats, even country formats. Maybe not rap in Spanish, but everybody else did it. And we didn't say, here is the last original Beatles track now and then, brought to you by Home Depot. We <laughs> They could have made a fortune selling that. They right. could have made millions selling that. No, they didn't. Right. we didn't. We just said, here's the new Beatles track. Universal didn't say, want to hear it? Give us five bucks. Nope, it's out there ubiquitous. You want to buy it? Sure, well, you can buy it, copy, but you can hear it literally anywhere for free. Like, 
just if you're going to rip something, have a clue. And then, well, you know, I don't, I don't think it was a very good song. Oh no, it 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 wasn't a day in the life, huh? Was it supposed to be? Do you get the con context? 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 There's a cassette, right, that was labeled for Paul, and there were three songs on it. And the third one they couldn't work with because they didn't have the technology to separate his piano from his voice right. from the TV that was playing while he recorded it. But guys, for the life of me, a cassette that was originally labeled for Paul, and he sings now and then, I miss you. How did Paul get through that without like scream sobbing? How was he able to stand there and verbally sing harmony with him? I, I don't know how the weight of that, how he got through it. I couldn't. No. If we couldn't, how could have he? So it yeah, speaks to if I was magic. crying my eyes out hearing it, how did you? How did you, with headphones on, hear John in his in your head singing that? I mean, I'm tearing up just thinking about um, it. Yeah, wait, absolutely. And you guys know all the weird Beatles juju about now and then with George and and, yeah. and Paul the the clock that George Harrison had. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he's walking by his own shop years ago, yeah. and there's this yeah. clock that says now and then. You know, that's then, interesting. Right. Right. Everything with these four guys, everything had this weird kind of like thing. Meant to be. I mean, all all the above, and here we are, <laughs> 2023, still relevant in all of our lives. You know? yeah. And God bless for, for that. And, yeah. whoo, I mean, just getting goosebumps even just thinking about talking yeah. about it again. And it's already been, what, a month? since About a little bit, five yeah. weeks since the song came out? And, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Are you guys still playing it? Is it, in the, is it in the rotation? Yeah. We, you know, we played, I played on Breakfast with the Beatles all the time by request. Right. And, you know, it's here, it's so funny. We do a, a thing on Q104.3 on a lot of rock stations called Two for Tuesday, where you play two songs from your yes. People love it. And yeah. what we do every hour, where uh, we pick one and we let the audience pick the second. You give them like five choices. Mm. Or and we always throw it into the mix, like Beatles. We'll throw in now and then, and for the Stones, we'll throw in "Angry," the new song from Hackney Diamond. Mm, right, and usually that's what the audience picks. And <laughs> you know what? Again, it's my favorite meme that was running around every the oh. window saying "New Beatles and Stones, New, new Stones album." Yeah, Stones. How right. Back can we turn that clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, Ken. Uh, moving into uh, a little bit of the solo Paul stuff. Um, yes. You know, in in broad terms, I mean, what period of Paul's, I mean, solo career do you enjoy the most? I mean, I mean, we cover we've covered everything on our show, um, from the you know everything from his orchestral stuff to his experimental stuff, Wings, obviously. Um, what what era of Paul's solo career do you find most enjoyable? If 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 there's one you have to pinpoint down, I, I mean, it, it's not based on music; it's based on my life and how old I was and what I was. Band on the Run is the most perfect album, is the album that means the most to me, just because I'm kind of coming of age, if, if and, that, and everything that encompasses, and hormones, and going on first dates, and suddenly caring about how you look, and acne, and, and you know, every, every teenage kid thing, you're like 15, 16 years old, and uh, you're figuring it out, you don't know anything, and you're, and here's, here's my, my old best friend from my childhood, and the greatest music, with this album that just tells these interesting stories, and musically, yeah. it's so captivating, and yeah. it finishes, and it kind of comes back around to the other right. songs, and I just wore it out. I just wore. I mean, this. I, I like. <laughs> for instance, I didn't. I thought Ram was eh, okay, and that was an adult. I think it's one of the greatest albums I ever heard. You know, because you come to it at a different place in your life. Sure. Um, McCartney three, right out of the box. I thought it was one of the greatest things ever. Loved it, and I wouldn't have gotten that 10, 20, 30 years ago. I don't know. I don't think I would have heard it the same way mm. as albums come in and out, but. You know, Band on the Run still sits up there. And, you know, there's a that period of just, it feels like a few years ago, I guess it was five, ten years ago, you know, New has some wonderful, wonderful Oh, yes. Stuff. You know, yeah. glad you brought me, that up. It, Mac McCartney and Bob Dylan, it's perfect. Every time people go, eh, they're so, you know, they're just doing it to do it. Hey, they got no. nothing left. And every time you're sure they're done, bam. Come back yeah, with a right. right hook and knock you on your butt. Rough and rowdy ways. 
Is is right. that not one of the greatest albums the man ever put out? Correct. I mean, yeah, and anytime you're sure it's done. Right. right. And did you hear the, the on the eve of a shutdown, the man drops Murder Most Foul and says, right. Hey, we've been working on right. this. Be safe, everybody. Here's Murder Most Foul. Who does that? <laughs> right. And did you hear the new uh they just they just dropped the uh the underdubbed, if you will, the uh, the band on the run. Uh did you get to hear that without the orchestration there at the end? No, I haven't had a chance to hear it without oh. uh Tony's Tony uh, orchestration. orchestration. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean the the beginning parts, I mean the first two segments of the song are pretty much uh what we what we know, but then once it gets into the band on the run section, it's you know totally it has a totally different feel without that orchestration and all the uh you know the guitar bits that were added later yeah. on, but uh, very interesting. I think this whole underdub thing is going to be pretty cool to listen to. I can't wait to hear it. And by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, that takes us to a subject matter. I know you guys wanted to talk about the the sad, sad passing of Danny yes. Lane. Yeah, this past yeah. week, and again on the fiftieth anniversary of the oh, release right. of, of the album, again for the thousandth right. time. This weird thing, right. but it was. I've had the pleasure and joy to get to know Denny as a friend mm. through the years of all the interviews at Q104.3 at the Fest for Beatle fans. We did this wonderful in-depth. His manager, David Maida, said, I love where you're doing this. What Could we just do this for money? Could we try? I'm like, yeah, I guess. I asked the station, can I? Is it okay if I get paid to interview Danny Lane? I'm like, yeah, we don't care as long as, you know, you don't average, yeah. you know, if you, as long as they pay for the advertising, you know, it's not payola. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. I won't mention it unless they buy a spot. And we filled a nightclub of me just talking with Denny and with Jeff Emmerich of telling stories. And it's always one of my favorites. It, it says so much about who Denny is and of the time. I said, the night before, you're about to leave for Lagos. And Denny Sywell and Henry McCullough say, hey, we're not going. You know, we're, we quit. We're not going. It's The money isn't right. It's dangerous. We're not going. I said, were you really upset? And he just said, no. I said, really? He goes, no. I didn't find out until, you know, we're at the airport. And he said, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, really? He goes, yeah. Man. He goes, look, we grew up in the 60s. You know, the drummer and the guitarist aren't coming. Okay. And I just said to Paul, you play the drums. You play as good as anybody yeah. else. I'll play guitar, I'll play some piano. We're not going to finish the album there. We'll just get some tracks down. No big deal. And he said, it was really like, oh, I mean, it was weird, but yeah, it's weirder things have happened being in a rock band. Okay, and we'll come back to London and we'll finish it. Like, it was just, it was literally, I could see he wasn't hiding it. Okay, no drummer. All right, you play, you put down the drums, I'll play guitar to it, and then we'll do it that way. Done. I don't think anybody could have gotten as close, obviously, to a John Lennon for a Paul McCartney. But if anybody came close after the breakup of the Beatles, it had to have been Denny Lane for that period from from Wings from 71 to 79. Wouldn't you agree? A, 100%. But B, also, is he, you know, it's a direct question. I said, you know, this man's going from writing with John Lennon to now you're his writing partner. Was there pressure? Was there, like shit i've got to be like his john lennon now and he said no no pressure at all I, I can't be like john lennon guess what nobody could be john lennon so there's no pressure because you can never be that and he, he gave a perfect example i, I think it was on something i don't know which song on wildlife or something and they're working on it and paul said to him um you got anything for the middle and then he said mm -hmm. no nothing he goes no, I I can't. I can play. No, I don't have any ideas. Oh, come on! You must have something. He said, "You're bloody Paul McCartney. You write something." Look, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I know how it used to work with you and your friend, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna go home, have a bottle or two of wine, and tomorrow I'll have something for you. Because that, that's how it works in the real world, Paul. Right. <laughs> like, I can't just come up with it on the spot. We don't just sit with right. the other guy and go, "What? What's the next? What comes here and is perfect?" Oh, it's this. Yeah. No, don't put that there. Put that. I mean, that only happened. There's only two people in the world that could do that. Right. And just knock out perfect songs on the fly. Sorry, I I need to like think, get high, and think about it for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's it's sad that it, you know obviously we knew he was yeah. ill, and it just obviously he um, just did the city winery in the New York area, mm -hmm. I believe, in February of this year. Yeah, Ken, I'm sure you were there. Um, it, you had his, that? his bandmates are devastated. Not, yeah. Oh, it's so sorry. Yeah. I, I was at a show last night, and uh, Steve Holly was there, the drummer from mm. Last Duration with yep. Wings. Yep. And Lawrence Juber is a dear friend. 
and yeah. both of them and Denny say, well, everyone is just crushed. They love this yeah. movie. They, 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 you know, if you think about it, it's restarting. One of the most interesting choices I think any musician has ever made. So I, I, we, we won't be recording music together anymore in the future, I don't think. Paul could have called anyone. Who, who wasn't going to join McCartney's band? You know, even right. if Clapton, he could have paid Clapton the money. You could have gotten Moon would have let Moon actually went to them, you know, and like, please, if you need a drummer, I'll, you know, let me let me do it. Let me I got to leave these idiots. <laughs> he could have had his pick of any musician. Frampton would have come. Anybody right. would have come. No, no. You know, there was that guy in the in the Moody Blues who I always like. We used to joke around with when they were opening for us. I'm going to reach out to Denny, see if he wants to do something. We'll hold auditions. There's a drummer in New York, Denny Sywell. Okay, I need a drummer because I can't play all of it. You know, it just it started organic, and you rent a bus, and you, instead of going from the peak to the peak, you go right. back down the mountain back. and start yeah. from scratch and go up again. I don't know anybody who had the ability to snap his fingers and get any musician in the world you want who doesn't play that card but starts all over, me my wife, and a drummer from New York and a guy from Wings and from uh, Moody Blues. And let's see where it goes. But, yeah, let's just see where it goes from there all the way up through the end and making it through all, I mean, what, five or six incarnations of Wings? You know, with yeah. the guys in and yeah. out. But, but again, you realize when you start there, there was such, they were so close. They were so tight. There weren't individual, there weren't personal managers. There wasn't, you know, a big management company running the tour. Right. So yep. that I think, that's the thing about Denny and Linda where, you know, Paul's Paul, but Denny and right. Linda to all the other, you know, to the, all the drummers and the guitarists who came through, you know, and, and whoever played keyboards, they were the glue. Everyone said the same thing. Denny Lane said it, Denny Sywell, uh, uh, Lawrence Juber said when they ever talked about getting wings back together for a victory lap said, can't do it without Linda. Well, she really wasn't the can't do it without Linda. Well, what All did right. she not? And everyone said the one thing: can't do it without Linda. That that's how, and that's how I learned how important. Whether it, whether you, it's it's not well, not about the playing or her keyboard work or that Linda and Denny are the glue oh. in the middle of that band, not Paul. Absolutely, and you hear the harmonies on some of those tracks. It was Linda. It's Linda and Denny's harmonies that really are the glue for and the nucleus of Wings. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Ken, did you Agreed. ever have an opportunity to see Wings perform live? Um, I, you know, I never got to see Wings perform live. It was a period where I just I couldn't get to the shows, and for work and finance and whatever it was, and I, I couldn't run life right. and couldn't get to see it. It was post Wings for me to see Paul live, but you realize the energy of having Denny on stage and what that was. I mean, for Paul to always give him a, a, the solo to give him go now to play another right. band's music. And by the way, Denny was the one who explained to me, he, he just, I didn't even ask. He said, you do realize that he took the chord changes from go now for Penny Lane. Right. I went, <laughs> no, he goes, yeah, no, think about it. I never thought about that till you mentioned it. That's Denny. I will. I will tell your tale to to my last day. Wow, that that's very similar. Very similar. When did you first meet Denny? Ken. Uh, you know, when you've known someone for like 25, 30 years, it's hard to remember. Right. It, was it a, a fest for Beatles fans or did he come up? I think he probably came up to the radio station. I started, so I've been doing afternoon drive in New York at Q104.3 for wow, 25 years now. I've been on the air in New York for 41 years. It's crazy, wow. crazy. Uh, yeah. When, you know, when you think about, because it doesn't feel it, it just feels like I do something I love, you yeah. know. You're not looking at your watch, waiting for it to end. I just I love what I do. I love the music, and for the past twenty like two three years, it's been Breakfast with the Beatles, also on Sunday morning. So it ha it was probably a Beatles show thing, an interview, a project he had, probably uh, twenty five years ago or so that we where we first met. And, you know, like, he was just so effortless. It was just so easy to hit it off with him. 
Yeah, he, he was, you know, I, I got a chance to meet him at a couple of fests and uh, took a picture with him signed Wildlife. And he was just a, he was just a great guy. Um, if you've ever seen the, um, and I, even his period, although brief with the Moody Blues, it's still, I mean, that whole first album, Magnificent Moody, is, is, is awesome. I know. So Stevie Van Zandt is a friend and he hates prog rock and I love prog rock. And he always recalls Justin, Justin Hayward and John Lodge, the, the people who killed the Moody Blues. I'm like, no, no, that is the Moody Blues. Otherwise they would have stuck in the old world. Like you said, they wouldn't have evolved. Moody's a populist. And we, we can, we can do that till the sun comes right. up. But, you know, I said, I went after Denny, you know, they invited Denny to be part of it in the induction in the rock hall of fame. Yeah. And he had come up like that week while he was in New York. And I had set it up when he walked into the station to have trumpet flourishes. And I had garlands and things. And I, I bowed. I had everybody bow and curtsy to him. And he was laughing his butt off. And I said, was it awkward at all? Like, you know, for your for you to be there with the other? And he just looked at me. No, we've been friends our whole life. Like you and you and Justin Hayward, and it goes, yeah, no, I love what those guys would do, and I cheer them on. I call them and congratulate them. I love listening to what they did. I said, you know, because usually there's a little bit of a. He goes, no, look, I wanted to record. I wanted to make more records. All they wanted to do was tour. So I said, let me go to London and try to get us a new record deal, a better record deal. And they said we want a tour. Well, we met these guys, and went, well, go do it. He goes, and you know, and I. Ginger Baker for a little bit, Ginger Baker's Air Force and this. Mm. He goes, but I wind up, you know, with McCartney and Wings. It all works out the way it's supposed to. I love them. They love me. We'd always get together for the holidays. And I thought, you know, it's, you always hear about band turmoil. And I hate that guy. And, the, you know, mm. what they did to me, they screwed me. And here's a, a vibe of like, no, good for you, Moody Blues. Keep on going. Keep the name going. He was, you know, Mike Pinder, who was there with him in the beginning. Yeah. Go, Mike, go. He loved them. Yeah, Mike Pinder. I mean, obviously, uh, Mike Pinder, Ray Thomas, Graham, and Denny. And, and yeah. uh, I believe Clint Warwick, right, was the, was the original Yeah, Clint Warwick, yeah. Of the, of the original incarnation of the Moody Blues. And um, it was so cool to see Denny get his moment and be inducted, even it's if it was for one album. I mean, yeah. I mean, and for Go Now Alone, he should be. Yeah. And by the way, and I have no doubt you guys agree with me, one of the of all the bands that aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that absolutely should be, and now it's not even really has anything to do with rock and roll anymore, but absolutely positively nothing to discuss. Wings needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as its own entity. If Clapton is in three times for the Yardbirds, right. you know, for Cream and Solo, McCartney absolutely has to be in for Beatles, Solo, and Wings because that is Wings. its own entity. It's its own entity. It's different from Paul's solo albums. That You bring up a really, really interesting topic of conversation that we've talked a lot about on our channel with a lot right. of fans who feel one way or the other. I, uh, how do you, I mean, their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's policy, though, seems to be that you have to be like a consistent group. And because Wings was so transient, maybe that's why they're not, well, well unless you're the in. unless you're the E Street band and you can get that in separately, you know. I, it, the reality is, and look, our our guy John Sykes runs it now, runs the Rock Hall of Fame. So mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what the poly, I don't know what that is, but really, there's no rules. It's a star chamber, and it's just mm -hmm. you pick bands that you like or that you don't like or that you think are cool. And now, because it's a big television production, right. now it's about bands that will draw TV viewers. TV rating, so, ratings, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's about, yeah. you know, how great a TV show it makes. And, again, one of the advantages of, of being my age is going to the early Rock Hall of Fame dinners when it was at the Waldorf. No cameras, no TV show. And that was really fun because everybody's getting drunk. Everybody's talking. While the performers are performing on stage, nobody stops talking. It was all industry. And now, you know, it, all the... Big shots are invited in tables and the banks get corporate tables, you know, yep. and, corporate. and you know, it's all so the, corporate now. I, I would say uh, not not of the fans at the Barclays Arena, but of the floor of the people who are supposedly, you know, bought tables in industry, probably about 10, 20 percent of it is the industry and everybody else is just corporate America who's been invited. But they're not when, at the Waldorf when it was all business. Nobody stopped talking while somebody was making a speech. You know, somebody's being inducted, and you hear somebody at another table saying, 
That son of a bitch never made a million dollars a show in his life until I took him, until he was a... And it was just, it was all just bullshitting about the music business and the record business. Ken, did you have an opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony when the Beatles got in, in 88? No, I, I didn't. I don't remember where that was. I didn't get to that one. Um, the one I was in that was bizarre was Paul inducting John Lennon. In and everybody is just kind of braced every you know nobody said a word and everybody's got a tissue ready you know everybody's got their kleenex ready and the waiters even stopped moving and paul kind of you know did it casually you know in that open letter to john and right. i thought how could he like skate over that how could he not rip our hearts out and then i thought maybe he just couldn't go there himself if he let himself just go there right had gotten through it so he did it kind of lightly you know on the surface of it and hey john's a great guy you know love medium made some great music like that really that's it and i think you know maybe it was, it was probably just too painful to go there yeah when probably did it. but it, it's still that open letter is still pretty heartwarming when you when you've yeah. seen the video of him reading it you know but you know be, being it you know <laughs> We're the opening good evening New York City. I'm at City Field, yep. Paul McCartney, sixty thousand people and on a, with an acoustic guitar and nothing else. You know, and he sings here today. Right. And there's sixty thousand people in a stadium and you can hear a pin drop. The only thing you hear is weeping. Mm -hmm. Like serious, who could do who does that? Who has that? Who could bring mm -hmm. that people that emotional and then goes just says right well yeah uh and then <laughs> resets the mood and off we go but that always blows me away about paul solo tours three hour show and the band gets a break the band gets 20 minutes while he stands there right. with a guitar <laughs> in a stadium or in rio right. a quarter of a million people and places some ballads and you never have to tell the person next to you to shut up because everyone's like this right and just dead silent i We've gone backstage and not about braggadocio, but you see the band after the show, they're exhausted. They're just dripping. Like, oh, hey, Ken, did you have fun? Yeah, good. Oh, great. Yeah, no, it's a good one. It was good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think I can go out later tonight. You know, maybe breakfast tomorrow. Okay. All right, Brian. Love you. Hmm. Yeah, love you. Abe just spent. McCartney walks in completely redressed. Hair perfect. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Eddie, Tom, yeah, you good? Hey, good to see you. Hey, Lorne Michaels, hey, Saturday Night Live, yeah, he's good. What the fuck? How do you do that? The These guys are dead. They're dead. And they, they got a 20-minute break, and they're dead. And he just is like, he's just like fresh and energy, and, you know, like, like right. not even missing a beat, does three hours, barely takes a sip of water. Hey, Ken, how you doing, mate? You all right? Doesn't, hardly takes a sip of water outdoors, summertime doesn't take a sip of water <laughs> um one of my favorite stories about that uh, a dear friend you know we get friends through the years simon kirk from bad company he was at one mm -hmm. of the shows and um i went back to see the band but I had to go and he got in to see paul got into the other room and he said he said to paul how do you do it goes, what he goes i mean not just how do you do it? I finish a show and I'm people think I'm standoffish. No, I shower and I'm in a fetal position in my dressing room, waiting for the pain in my back, legs, and arms to subside so I can get home, so I can get on the bus. I'm just spent and exhausted. How do you do this? He goes, and I hug him. He goes, He's solid. This is not a frail right. man. He's a solid guy. He said, What like play three hours and you're fine? He goes, Oh. You know, we used to play seven, eight hours, you know, on stage. This is right. tough. And as Simon said, right, when you were 17, you used to play seven right. hours on stage and you're 80 now. So how, right. never, never mind. And then I always ask Brian Ray, it's not Paul is dead. I'm like, is Paul human? I'm just asking. <laughs> Go on, have you ever seen a screw or anything or a battery? And, and it's as Brian said, you know, come to think of it. I've never seen him take his shirt off. So I'll, you know, if I can look, maybe there's no navel. I will look. I'll make sure. I'll check. <laughs> well, very kind of like, very much like yourself, Ken. You said before, you love what you've been doing for 41 yeah. years. When you love right. what you do, 
it doesn't matter. You can just keep going on and on. Like, look at yourself with your career. And Paul's, it's, you know, obviously one's radio, one's music, but you're both passionate for what you do. And when you love what you do, time does not matter. It stands still. That's the message I pass on to every young person at the radio station. I just did a talk back at my old high school. It's the same message over and over again. Just whatever your passion is, if you can find that, even if you're, right. you know, your parents want you to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant, the thing that turns you on, because you have to do so much to be great at something, you have to do so much extra work to be great at it. And it has to be extra work on something you love doing extra work on. Otherwise, it's such a drudgery. My, I just turned 65, and my financial guy said, do you have a date in mind? You want to retire? And I said, yeah, when I draw my last breath, if God is <sighs> good to me, what I love what I'm doing. And McCartney says the same thing. I mean, it was one, the first like interview interview I ever got to do with him. I said, you know, Paul, we, we don't even have to talk Beatles. We can talk literally about anything. It doesn't doesn't matter you know it's anything we talk about it's fine he said no i love talking about the beatles i was in the beatles he said there's only <laughs> one stupid question really and it's it's usually you know said in england not here what he said how many, they always start with you don't need the money why do you do it i thought yeah that's the stupidest question that it can be like why would you do something that you're great at that the world loves you doing that brings such right. joy and happiness to the world why would you not do that? Why would you stop doing it? Why would you stop doing it? Why? Ken, how many times have you been fortunate enough to interview Paul? Um, interview him only twice, but fortunate enough to meet him, you know, a small handful of times. And, okay. you know, he's always so gracious about it. And, you know, the, like the Chris Farley sketch on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> yes. he knows how nervous you are talking right. to him. So when he says hello, he'll talk for a minute to let you let your brain settle down and get over the this and get past it so that you can have the conversation. It's I oh, noticed wow. that a couple of times, like he'll talk for a bit so you can calm down and talk to him as a person. <laughs> okay, great, great Paul story backstage. This is from Brian Ray. And I'm, if Please. Brian's bad, he'll, he'll he's cool. They're, they're playing in L.A. and Christopher Walken comes backstage to meet Paul and Brian goes, Oh, Christopher, I love Christopher. I got to meet Christopher walking. Wait, I'm not going to interrupt him until he meets the boss. And he walks up to Paul McCartney. Hey, Hey, Chris. And he explodes crying and walking just falls into wow. Paul crying and Paul holds him and pats him. And he kisses Paul's hands and says, the love you take is equal to the love you make and walks away. And Brian's sitting wow. there. And Brian's sitting, Brian's sitting there and goes, Yeah, probably not the time to go over and meet him and try. <laughs> he goes, Those are the moments yeah. that reminds you, oh yeah, the boss, my friend, the guy who runs the band, who we always right. joke with and joke around with. That's right, that's Paul McCartney. That that's that's who he is. Isn't it amazing that he has been with these guys for twenty one, two years now? I always say right. to Brian, longer than the Beatles. He goes, Longer than the Beatles, longer than the wings. Yeah, blows our it blows our mind, okay. and you know right. they do nudge him towards songs. They do. They, yes. He never yep. played Helter Skelter. It was Brian and Rusty, you know, and, and Ava said, you know, we can we can knock this out. No, we can't play that. Just can we try it at soundcheck? We worked it out. It's a great song. Let's steal it back. You know, like like Bono said, let's take it back. Why let right. him have the song of something evil? Let's play it because it's a great song. And they were, and you know, no, 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 no. And finally, they're like, well, if you want to give it a shot tonight, let's we'll see how it goes. And, you right. know, there's the eruption and, and it's in. He said, so you have to be careful with how much because we'll all be little kids going, oh, can we play this one? Oh, can we play that one? Can we play this one? Can we play that one? Can we play this one? Because we all want to do that. Right. Goes, but we, right. we kind of huddle together and pick and choose which one we're going to push at yeah, sound right. and pick one to try out on the boss. That's awesome. <laughs> what, you know, and, we don't, instead of all yeah. hitting us with all of our individual requests, let's come up with what we one song we can hit him with. Right. Say exactly. Yes <laughs> Ken, I know, I know, we don't have that, that much time, so maybe we can end it with the. You know, I've only been going to the fest for this will be my third uh, in February. It'll be my third time going to the fest. Oh, you've got a long history. You got a long history with the with the fest. Talk about you know starting to get into the fest and you know your 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 times there because uh, I really enjoy it. 
Because you're 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 the guy on the main yeah. stage, man, all, all yeah. weekend long. Yeah. Yeah. I I've never, you know, I didn't. I heard it existed, but I never went. I didn't know what it was before. Then I started doing the Beatles show, uh, Breakfast of the Beatles, and Mark Lapidus reached out to me and said, "We do this Beatles fest, and you need to host it." Like, I, yeah, I never did those things. Like, yeah, well, you need to host it. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll do it once. We'll see how it is. And it was a blast. And you realize as soon as you get there, that's where you're supposed to be. You know, I'm, I am the right person to be at that thing for that people to see fans and excuse me for touch to interact like that. That was absolutely magic to do. And it's continued and you see little children who've grown up and you see yeah. kids who've grown up and they've brought their children now over the past 20 something years, you know, you meet teenagers and now they're young adults and it's just, it's a very, it's like a Beatles Thanksgiving is the way I describe it. It's people <laughs> coming together, new people. And a lot of the artists are the same that we have of Mark Rivera, who in addition to playing sax with Billy Joel is Ringo's music director Right. and the great stories and you know Danny Lane was such a big part of it and you know Danny Sywell and Lawrence Juber comes as often right. as he can as a dear friend and the whole idea for anybody who hasn't gone to the Fest for Beatles fans it's not about gossip it's not about juicy gossip and sex and drugs because honestly it's not about sanitizing it that's boring to me oh you're in a rock band and there was sex and drugs yeah I kind of figured that part out um, it's about the music. It's about how things right. created. And that's the magic of what it It brings the audience closer to how it all happens. And that's why I do mm. the live breakfast for the Beatles for their birthday whenever I can and get musicians together to talk about absolutely, you know, what it means. I mean, George, George Thorogood, <clears throat> perfect example for John Lennon's birthday uh, in October, we did it live from the Foxwoods Resort Casino, and I reached out to George Thorogood, who's a huge Beatles fan. He is us. Mm. I said, "Is there if you? I noticed there was a hole in your schedule. Would you want to do this at Foxwoods? And how much do you need? What would you charge?" And his manager emailed back to say, first, George in, is insanely insulted that after all these years, you would ask him how much you would charge. Second, mm. what time and where does he have to be?" Wow. And George, we you know we flew him, but George didn't make a dime and came and co-hosted the show with me. And his greatest—it's always one of my favorite lines. He said on on February second, nineteen sixty-four, the most exciting thing that happened on Sunday night TV is Hoss Cartwright ate an entire apple cobbler from the neighbor's windowsill and had to go over and apologize and fell in love with the girl. Seven days later, the Beatles came to America. <laughs> And here we are. I mean, in February, it'll be 60 years. 60 Crazy. 60 years. Um, Crazy. Touching down on their arrival. 50th anniversary of the fest. And these milestone anniversaries that are just coming in flourishes, whether it's albums or books. I mean, you name it. It's just all happening at the right time with now and then and the red and the blues. It's just incredible that we're coming upon all this stuff and that we're all still here to celebrate it. Amen to that. You know, I did the logistics when, when Sgt. Pepper's had been remastered and re-released. And I realized that for that to be number one, that's the equivalent in, a, in chronological order that if in 1967, Hoagie Carmichael re-released Begin the Begin, and that was number one. That's how bizarre it is. That It's a blue rose. It doesn't happen. Everybody worships the music they grew up on. But the music I grew up on normally is not still relevant 60 years later, much less at the top of mind of most of music. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre. It just doesn't happen, but it happened with these guys. And, you know, again, you said it's a Paul show to Paul McCartney, just like the Stones would collapse without Mick Jagger. I don't, as I don't think the Beatles, John and Paul were perfect because you can't have two Paul McCartneys in a band. You can't have two no. John Lennons in a band or they'd stay playing pubs. It's got to be one guy who drives the bus. There's got to be somebody going, we'll do this, we'll do that. Your friend Stu, he's great, but he's not going to play. He can't play, he's out. What? No, I'll, I'll learn to play the bass. This happens, that happens. And you know the story where John said, if Stu goes, I go. Paul said, no, no, no. You and I write the songs. I'll play bass, you play guitar. There's my friend George. He'll And, and he just organized it. Since he was a 
kid since he's 14. I'll run this thing and I'll do it. And, you know, it's it's one of my favorite lines that he said. You know, we, we'd work on a song over and over again. It sounded great, but wasn't perfect. So I'd make us do it again. They'd all hate me, but I was right. Like Maxwell Silverhammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, till they were ready to strangle him. But then here I am playing one of the most requested songs, even though they, they, they hate it because of what he put them through with Obla di Obla da, same right. thing. But right. it, it, but it is, you know, I've, I've always explained, like, if I, if he was running the radio station and he micromanaged me of what to say when and do this and do that and play this, don't play that, and was doing all that. But what if I was earning more money than any disc jockey in the history of being on the radio? Would I not be able to sit back a little bit and go, all right, listen, whatever you want, I'll just do it. You know, it's just, I know it drove them crazy, but. Again, I love George Harrison. Peace and love to George. But if you think you have Friar Park and the estate in Hawaii and all of that without Paul McCartney, you're nuts. <laughs> it's true. Ken, tell us what's uh, upcoming for you with uh, Breakfast of the Beatles. Any any notable appearances where you might be appearing? What's going on with you coming up? Uh, well, the next Fest for Beatles fans is happening february on the anniversary of the beatles coming to jfk and we're doing it at jfk at the twa hotel of what it is now bizarre weird place to get to and it's going to be traffic jams and all that which yeah. everything about it is wrong but it's where it has to be because it's as you said 60th anniversary of them arriving and we're gonna we're gonna be there for that and make it part of that hopefully a live breakfast with the beatles coming in february uh, the cutting room, or I'm not sure where for George Harrison's birthday. We'll see who's around for that. And what can I say, guys, whether you're listening over the air, online, on your mobile device, on the iHeartRadio app, thank you so much for listening to Q104.3 for Classic Rock. And I, I say this with total bragging rights. In my 42 years of being on the radio, we've never had higher ratings. It's the highest-rated rock wow. station in the history of New York radio, the most listeners of any rock station in America. And the pandemic started it where suddenly, instead of streaming, people needed a friend. Rather than just listening to your Spotify playlist, mm -hmm. you needed someone to say, how are you doing today? Did you go out? Did you take a walk? Are you eating too much? I'm eating too much. We should try to stop. And, you know, right, you know, just a friend talking to you. So hosts on the radio came back alive. And the other thing is, is uh, April of 22, we started doing Instagram and TikTok. And that opened up our world to an entire new audience. And when they said, you have to do TikTok, I said, look, guys, I'm not pulling my pants down. I'm not doing skateboard tricks. And we have a really smart digital manager only about 38 years old at the time said no no you have to be real all they want is real just be you tell your beatles stories and that's it so if you go on the uh, you know on the q104.3 tiktok page i do a beatles drive-through fact and that's all it is 30 seconds hey here's an interesting beatles thing or here's an interesting music thing and those kind of things and our morning show with Jim Kerr, an interview with a guest or a question that caught fire. And it's not it's not Beyonce numbers, Taylor Swift numbers. It's a few hundred people, a few thousand. I talked about now and then thirty five thousand people watch that video. And little by little, that has broadened the world because all I want, it's it's not about look at me. It's about turning another generation on onto the right. TV that we love. That's the only goal of it. I don't get paid extra for that or whatever. It's like, I want to teach you, just give this a listen because it doesn't sound like anything you're listening to now. It's true. And wow. through the, through the modern, you know, means of technology, you can carry, if you can carry that message and get it out to them through TikTok and Instagram it may not be our cup of tea, but it's getting out there. And I've, I've seen your stories and stuff on Instagram, but and that's how you're going to do it. Sounds yeah, like exactly. But if I tell to you know my other my other on air hosts who were like didn't feel like it, I'm like, look, you have to fish where the fish are. Do you want people to listen to this music or not? Do you want to turn them onto the Stones? And you know we're playing everything from Metallica and Green Day to Creedence and Harry Chapin, and everybody says you can't you can't play sixties, seventies, nineties, the aughts. I'm like, yeah, watch us, watch us, watch us do it. Play Taxi. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we play Cats in the Cradle. We play Walking in Memphis. And, you know, we're playing, you know, absolutely slamming, you know, Motley Crue songs for fun because the audience, does, you know, here's 
last thing I'll leave you with. You say you can't play 60s music. Well, is 60s Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter, or is it Purple Haze? You know, Sunday mornings, I can play Annie Beatles during the afternoon drive. I'm not playing I Want to Hold Your Hand. But Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and Strawberry Fields and Revolution and Hey Jude, you know, songs of that era, when's that ever going to be? Not like come together and, you know, here comes the sun. Those are, it's timeless. It's, there's not a, a, date, a sell-by date on those songs. You know, when you play a psychedelic Beatles song, that is even cooler to somebody right. who's 18 and just smoked pot with his friends for the first time than it is to anybody my age. Like, holy crap, what is it? This is it. They're doing, you know, it's the same turn on to the next generation because what's the music saying? Peace and love, peace and love, peace and love. Pretty universal. I would to to our friends. Yeah. That's how you get yeah. through the life. Absolutely. Well, listen, Ken Dashow, Q1043.com radio station. Thank you so much for some time today oh um, andy tom right. thank you so much yeah and if yeah, you, want to find me, you want to find me whatever q1043.com that's right. the easiest way to find me i'm there uh you, you see on air whatever and all our stuff is there afternoon drive yeah, we'll host locally here yeah. in new york if you listen to it also on iheart uh, you know on the iheart uh, radio app and also sunday mornings uh breakfast with the beatles every sunday tom thank you andy thank you thank tom you. we'll see you and at the fest we'll see you at the fest sure. we'll be there yeah. okay yeah. it's a deal Peace and love, everybody. Take care. Have a good day. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Tom? It definitely Damn. was. Definitely was. Uh, listen to him. I mean, he, obviously, he's got tons of stories, and uh, it would, you know, maybe we can get him back on again, and he can tell some more stories. But uh, uh, you know, that's fascinating to be able to have all that long history with all these members of, you know, Wings and and just Beatles-related people. You know, to have that long history. Uh, with them and and to be able to call some of them friends you know I mean, oh that's, yeah that's uh that's and a, I, I know it must be tough and, and for our audience outside yeah. of the new york area it's probably like well who is this guy but he he is an right. icon of the new york radio scene here in this area right. i mean this man was on wnew fm which was the classic station um that lot that john lennon was on many times with scott mm. muni you know he started his career there and then he's been at q1043 for as he said for the last 25 years and he he is just a, he's a deliverer you know he's a messenger of of the Beatles message through and through you can hear him every Sunday right. and I know it might it might be difficult you know like well who is this guy but check him out I mean I know there's breakfast with the Beatles shows all over the country all over the country yes there, all there's over. all over the, I mean obviously Chris Carter has his his on Sirius XM which is a great that's every day that's a, that's that right. show and that's fantastic and he does theme shows Dennis Mitchell has a breakfast with the Beatles. Ken yeah. has his, so there's 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 so many all over the country. Chicago, I believe, has one too, right, yep. Tom? Yeah, there was one in Arizona as well. There was. So yeah, yeah, but I think, uh, well, no, never mind. But anyways, but yeah, I mean, I've heard him in Chicago. I heard him in Detroit. I've heard him in uh, in Arizona, and then obviously Chris Carter. When you know the one in, he had going in California was the one you know I would listen to. Yeah, I didn't really know about the Sirius XM one, but yeah, uh, and he yeah, does that show out of LA. Over. When so it's with the, right. with the time difference, it's really early yes. for him. Right when he does that. Oh, well, it's fine. Uh, I mean, if that's the only job he has to worry about, then you know, but listen, sure it's great that mind. these DJs are connected and, and somebody like right. Ken Dashow, I mean, who I've listened I've been listening to him since I was a teenager to have to have mm -hmm. him give us 45 minutes, 50 minutes of his time um right. to talk to him, you know, and I've I've emailed with him and corresponded with him before, you know, but to actually get, you know, a chance to talk to him, you know, one-on-one -on -one, even right. virtually and we'll meet him we'll meet him in person at the fest and you know, who knows, you know, but it's um it was just, it was a blast to have him. Like, we could have talked to him all day. Oh, all day. Absolutely. You know, and just had a fun time, too. You know, I, I mean, love how he said Stephen Van Zandt does not like prog rock, which I, I, I kind of knew that. But I, I, if, I, if yeah, we had more time, I would have, I would have told right. him, tell Stevie to wake up and smell the coffee and right. get on some prog rock, will you? I mean, he's definitely a rock purist, but uh, I mean, you could definitely tell that he's not having any of that prog stuff <laughs> he's not into it it's blues and no, rock he, does, he doesn't no. like that yeah i love how ken ken loves prog rock so right. that's why i was like Cha ting. Yeah, yeah there you go you got another one on your notch there but <laughs> another it. progger it's genesis you know. and yes and now and all the good stuff that goes with it but um yeah very and good. you know very obviously good. maybe you know he was he was very approachable contacted him right. Gave him yeah. our links, and he said, sure, no problem. And we scheduled it, and I'm glad that he gave yeah, us the time to do it. Great. Can't wait to see him at the fest. So, 
Um, you know, we what we, we touched on it. We well, we touched on it there during the during the our show with uh, yeah. talking to to Ken. But you know, this we got the uh, oh, you know, the underdub of Band on the Run. Mm. Um, I mean, that's getting me pumped to to hear the rest of it. You know, because there's so much orchestration going on, like the beginning of No Words, where you get the. I mean, it's the orchestration at the beginning, yeah. and then it goes into the guitar lick. I mean, on this, it's probably going to go right to the guitar lick, you know. So it's going to have a whole yeah, other. I mean, think about, yeah. think about. I mean, uh, Picasso's last words has lots of orchestration. Right. You know, a lot, um, a lot of tracks do. Jet, yeah, Jet. You know, to hear Jet probably without the horns at the yep. beginning. You know, so I, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Uh, this, this, this band. I mean, it's giving me some more excitement for it. I mean, obviously, well, because we've got how, so how many else copies. Can, you got we right. have fifteen copies of it. How else are we going right. to get excited for it? And Paul realized right. that and said, "Okay, let me give him something else that's a little bit a little different." But it's his version of the stripped down thing that Lennon did, yes. the Lennon Camp did with Double Fantasy back in twenty ten. Same thing. Same thing. So, so that's going to be fun. I and I love the I, for the vinyl. I love the white slipcover. That looks pretty sharp. Yes. Yes, I'm. Yeah, definitely into that as well. That'll look. And then nice by the, on the time, show. and then by the time this is posted, maybe we might get something. Another copy of McCartney three. Oh Christ uh, Almighty! You, <laughs> well, thanks, thanks to the lurker and fan and, and, yeah. and the original original co-host that your cousin right. is, Mr. David Gargano. Yeah. I know. I rely on him for the updates. I don't go to the forums. I just know David will find the right. best bits and send them to us. He David told us this lives morning, in the forums, and uh, yeah, it's ex exactly. A, people were getting stuff from Capital. Yeah, the, tell uh, us about that. UPS, and it's the same thing. It, it's kind of like the dice uh, that we got for for McCartney three. Uh, you know, sending out promotional uh, items, promotional clues of of something that might be coming. So he, you know, our you know David did send us something from a very reliable source on the Steve Hoffman forum saying that. You know, next week or this week, as 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 we, as this is posted, uh, that we might get an announcement for an anniversary uh, something of McCartney three. McCartney three, which will now be what, three three years old. Yeah, recent twenty twenty, right? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to be a triple LP release of McCartney three. What that encompasses, what you know, we heard maybe the demos that we got on the um the Japanese. Oh. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe that. Uh, uh, but who knows? This one, yeah. well, the, yeah, I mean, how many yeah. bonus tracks were there on the Japanese? Four, there right? Three, four demos, was it four or three? Yeah, four. So, I mean, is that enough yeah. to fill out another vinyl? Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe well, it's a half I mean, if it's thing. a three, if if it's a if it's, if it's a three LP set, he needs more than just four bonus tracks. I'm thinking uh, it's going to be some know. half speed thing. I, I'm not, you know, again, you know, I'm not one to speculate, but uh, I mean, I just want the facts. If it gets announced uh, next week, you know, maybe we'll do a, you know, quick little video on that. Yeah. Well, well uh, according to it's supposed to be well, the 22nd is, is when it's going right. to get released. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's a quick turnaround. I mean, if you announce something, you know, on the, you know, during the second week of December and then all of a sudden then you release it uh, two weeks later. Two weeks later. I mean, you know. When, well, what, no, that's, was the, what was the Seven Inch Singles release? That was like a November. We found out about that in November, and it came out in December, That was a right? December. Yeah, 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 that's true. Right. No. But it wasn't as short a time frame window as this. No, no. So, uh, you know, hey, listen. I mean, say what you will about McCartney 3 and all its different versions. I mean, I'm not going to tell the man not to release it. You know, I mean, it's just up to you whether or not you want to buy it or not. You know, I'm going to be honest. If there's new material on the vinyl that we don't have yes. anywhere else, then obviously it's an instant get. But if it's any kind of repackaging of what we already have, hard no. Right. Right. And, you know, I'm sure a firm's just going to get more of my money, you know. <laughs> Show us that shirt. Oh. We couldn't see it before. Well, All right. So, yeah. So it just says wonderful Christmas time. Right there, yeah. Um, let's see here. There you go. Um, uh, but yeah, Paul McCartney underneath there. So it's a nice shirt. I mean, it's it's comfortable. Uh, you know, I don't. You know, I haven't washed. I mean, just got it yesterday, so I haven't washed. Oh, it's it got yet. the newness and, feel uh, still. Yeah, it's got the newness feel. Hopefully, it doesn't shrink too much. You know. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know. 
But oh, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. So, I like it. Uh, I like it, it a lot. Paulmccartney.com. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. So um, here we are. Oh, and, yeah. uh, it was just a, it was a what a what a treat to be able to interview uh, Ken Dashow yeah. and uh, hopefully all of our yeah. New York area friends yeah. and uh, viewers and listeners, uh, you know, and, and everybody else enjoys it, you know, because he's he's right. a wealth of you know, history and uh, man, he's been to a lot of a lot of key events and you know he's hung out with McCartney. You know, I think he's hung, I think he's seen him more socially. Then, then interviewing him is what he told us. He interviewed him twice, but right. probably twice. probably seen right. him at various events. Just like, hey, man, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is again just as cool. Yeah. So, Thomas, uh, tell us what is in store for Talk More Talk before we end hmm. the year. Talk More Talk. You all, you well, all have one more show. You know, right? yeah, we have one more show, and we're going. Well, I mean, the 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 part for sure is that we're going to um, you know talk about our five favorite releases of 2023. Um, so whether it's, it's Beatles or solo, solo, uh, Beatles stuff, you know, our five favorite releases, I'm, and I'm still deciding, you know, what are my, what are my five favorite releases of, uh, 2023? I mean, I, I mean, obviously we got, you know, now and then we got, um, you know, the Ringo EP. I mean, we got the May Pang, you know, documentary was released on, on, on Blu-ray. Yep. So, um, you know. Books galore once again. <laughs> Where and finding the time to read these books. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, I wish you know right. what? I wish we, there would be more hours in a day. If I had ever one Christmas gift, let's have more hours in a day so we can get through all this. Right, stuff. right. And then you know, so we were going to do like a band on the run of fiftieth anniversary appreciate appreciation uh, segment to go with that. Uh, you know, our five favorite releases of twenty twenty three. Now we don't know if we're going to switch it to a you know a Denny Lane tribute. So I mean, we'll. we'll um, We'll we'll discuss it and you'll find out when you'll find, you'll find out when you find out, people. That's it. You know, there's there's so much to you know. You know, I remember we had uh when um Emmerich died. You know, we are we had already had a an episode planned out. Um, you know, but then he passed, and I was like, you have to talk about. It. I mean, that man was a very important in the uh in, you know in the Beatles and 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 solo Paul. Right. I mean, he's done so much. I mean, he, you know, he won the Grammy for engineering for the band on the run album. Certainly you know? did. So, you know, so and then very proceeded to get his foot electrocuted in the Virgin Islands when doing London Town. Right. So, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, deaths happen and, uh, um, you know, we, we, we got to talk about him and appreciate, uh, um, you know, as, as we do when they're alive as well. Right. Yes. We try to appreciate uh, what, what each member, uh, you know, has given to to the the main person whether it's mccartney lennon harrison star uh you know so it's um it's sad but uh but denny lane is is unfortunately passed and uh you know it was great hearing ken's uh um stories about meeting denny uh over the years really close Uh, that was uh, yeah yeah that was really nice but um yeah i mean he's given i mean he gave a solid ten years of his expertise or, or talents, if you will, to Paul to to McCartney, yeah, to Paul. And um, you know, we've I'm talked so about glad it before. That they, 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 they they patched things up, and they were they were things were not well. That's the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, with with Denny Sywell as well. You know, he's he's you know because Denny is always he's, he's said on this show. I mean, that he regrets the way he left. You know, and and they were able to you know he was able to patch things up with Paul. You know, so that's good. I mean, you know, he, you know, Paul, as we learned, you know, he did help um, with with uh, Denny's, um, you know, expenses. You know, with the with the hospital yeah. and stuff like that. So, it um, sad, but um, obviously, you know, the music's here forever and to be appreciated. Yes. And if you don't know a lot of it, man, you, that's why that's why music is the, is the best. The artist can pass on, but the music right. is forever, man. It's forever. If you're ever if you're ever curious about an artist that's living now. Don't wait until he dies. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know. Start listening to that that artist or, or bands. Yeah, now. You know, don't Not wait then. It's too late now. Yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very good, that, buddy. That's going to wrap good. us up, really, for episode two thirty one. Um, yes, it was a blast. Subscribe and, uh, to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing. Almost at two um, K. Yeah, thank you for. You know, everybody that listened to the Ken Womack uh, show, which is, you know, I don't know if it's hit 10K yet, but uh, it's damn near close to 10,000 10, views, uh, which is by far our most watched uh, yep. most watched uh, show. So thank you for, for that. And look, um, 
you know, we got a new year coming. We're going to finish the December strong. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what we uh, we bring in the new year. But so we're definitely going to, um, you know, de get dedicated back to just solo McCartney. We look, we, we did talk a bunch of a bunch of Beetle Paul this 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 past year, right? Whether it was ranking uh, the you know the red the red you know, the songs, yeah, for, his, you know, right, and then the blue period, you know, now and then, and then we just did the Magical Mystery Tour, you know. So we did talk a little Beetle Paul this this year, but we're gonna definitely, you know, get back into. You know, really, the last quarter, part. the last quarter of the year was obviously yeah. that was just given, given, right. given everything that was as we talked about with Ken, everything that was out, the red and the blues, the the, the Womack yeah. book, now and then. Right. I mean, we ha how you know we had to talk about it a little bit, but you know, right. for you diehard Wings fans, we'll get back to you. <laughs> for the Wings fans, for the Wings fans, so too many Tom, people, <laughs> too many, yeah, too many people for the Wings fans. For Tom, I'm Andy, and we'll see you next week on Two Legs. Peace out. Take care. Take care. You've been listening to Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, hosted by Tom Hunyadi and Andy Nichols, with musical contributions by Dylan.